If you've been wanting to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because of all these thoughts that go through your mind, like, what if I don't have time to keep up with it? What if the tech is too complicated? I don't know where to start. I want to get it right. I want it to be successful. Maybe I'm not ready yet. Then keep listening because today I'm going to show you when the best time to start a podcast is. And if you already have a podcast that's still getting less than a thousand downloads per episode, you're also going to learn three key takeaways that you can apply to your show right now. Welcome to Insider Secrets to a Top 100 Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Elmer. Let's make your business binge-worthy. If you've ever toyed with the idea of launching a podcast, you've probably wondered what most people wonder when thinking about undertaking this endeavor is, is there a best time to start it? When is the right time? It's kind of like that book you've been wanting to write, but it's always on the back burner. And I know because I have like four books that I've been wanting to write over the past eight years and none of them have come to fruition yet. And I'm here to tell you right now that worrying about the right time, thinking about when is the best time to start this thing, it's actually the thing that's keeping you from starting it. And I get it because I did this too. In fact, I overthought my podcast for at least nine months before launching my show. And I say at least nine months because it might have been actually like 12 or 15. I don't know. I lost count at some point. But here's the thing. If you ask any top podcaster, they're all going to tell you the same thing. Oh my gosh, I am so glad that I launched my show when I did. And looking back now here four years later, I wish I would have started four years before then. So yes, there are some important things that you need to consider when starting a podcast or when picking your podcast back up if it's been paused for a while. And I'm going to walk you through what to consider today. But before we get into any of that, we need to talk about the elephant in the room, which is this notion that there's a best or a better time to start a podcast. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Well, I can't start a podcast yet because my audience isn't big enough yet. Or I can't start a podcast yet because I don't think I have enough experience yet. I definitely can't start a podcast yet because where am I going to find the time for this thing? Or no, I can't start a podcast yet. I don't know what the heck I'm doing and I don't want to embarrass myself. All of these thoughts used to keep me up at night. In fact, if you have a podcast and you've had any one or more of these thoughts, I would love to hear what helped you overcome them. Find me on Instagram, DM me at the Courtney Elmer and let me know what specifically helped you overcome these thoughts because it's been in my experience of all the podcasters that I know and that I work with, both our clients and students and my colleagues and collaborators, we've all had these thoughts. And I'm also willing to bet that if you've had any of these thoughts, what you're really thinking deep down and deeper than that is that you want to know if there's a best time because you want your show to succeed. Am I right? Yeah, of course we want our shows to succeed. And if there is a best time, then I certainly want to know what it is because if that's going to help me succeed, then I want to do things the right way. I want to be successful. So the real conversation that you and I need to have here is what actually determines podcast success? Is it timing? Is it strategy? Is it some God-given talent that only a rare few have and the rest of us are just doomed? And look, I get it. We see all of these successful podcasters out there. I mean, name any one of them. Amy Porterfield, Tim Ferriss, Joe Rogan, Andrew Huberman, any and all of them who have hundreds of thousands of followers, 10 plus years of experience, the voice of an angel. Well, most of them anyway. And it's easy to think that you need all of this too. You got to check every box. But 
would you still be worrying about the best time to start if, let's say, you started your podcast today and you broke the top 100 in your category in multiple countries around the world and you continued to rank beyond that and started converting your listeners to clients? No, you wouldn't be worried about the best time to start. You'd be in the camp of saying, hey, I'm so glad I started when I did. Look, we have worked with people who have had an audience size of less than 100 people on their email list, and they still broke the top 100 in their charts. So isn't it more important then to focus on the impact and the change that not only are you called to make, but that you can begin making right now than on wondering when is the right time to start making that change and making that impact? So if we can agree on that, then let's continue. Because what do you think is going to happen to your chances of success as a podcaster? The longer you wait, the more and more crowded the podcasting space gets. Do you think it's going to be easier to be seen or harder? So here's where we need to talk about what determines podcast success. And in my years of working with students and helping them launch and rank their podcast, it boils down to three things. Number one is messaging. Number two is positioning. And number three is early momentum. Messaging, positioning, and early momentum. So let's take a look at each one of these things. First, messaging. I don't care what you're an expert in. I don't care what niche you serve. And I don't care about your podcast until you let me know why it's worth my time to listen to. That's exactly what's going through your listener's mind right now. They might not be consciously thinking that. But the first step to becoming a top 100 podcaster is to know how to have a podcast worth listening to. You've got to make your show worth listening to. And when we work with students, ask any one of our students, they'll tell you, oh my gosh, we spent more time on the messaging for this podcast. But now that we've got it dialed in, oh my goodness, look at the results that we're getting. We spend more time working on this with our students than any other launch or growth strategy. Because your messaging is the invisible backbone for a profitable and successful podcast. And when you have this in place, ultimately, you're going to be able to attract new listeners to your show, listeners who are cold to you, listeners who don't know you, don't know what you do, and don't know how you can help them. But you're going to be able to attract them to your show and convert them to loyal listeners to keep them coming back to bend your content every week and ultimately to convert those people to clients and customers for your programs. Now, without this, you can spend as much time as you want guesting on other people's podcasts or starting a YouTube channel or trying to land bigger guests in hopes that they're going to share their episode with their big community. But until you have this messaging piece in place, none of those efforts are going to pay off in the way that you hoped. Because like you've heard me say before, part of having a top 100 podcast is learning how to become the host of one. And becoming the host of a top 100 show requires you to intimately understand your ideal listener, to understand them so well that you know what they're thinking before they think it. You know what they're going to say before they say it. And you know how to speak their language. And in the next episode, we're going to dive deeper into how to do that. But the bottom line here is that to become a top 100 podcast host, you have to understand how to attract your listeners to your show. And there are five ways that you can do this. I call them your content gatekeepers. These five content gatekeepers are the steps on the listener journey 
before someone decides whether or not they're going to hit play. So the problem is a lot of people think that if they have really good content inside of their episodes, that people are going to find those episodes, they're going to listen to the episodes, and they're naturally going to share the episodes and continue listening to the podcast. But if a listener doesn't understand the value of your content inside your episodes and how valuable that content is, then you're going to lose them. So it doesn't actually matter how good your content is. I mean, it matters, right? We all want to deliver great content. And you and I both know that your content is great. I'm not worried about that. But what we want to know here is how do we get your listeners to know that your content is great? And we do that through these five gatekeepers. And this is what well-positioned podcast messaging does. It helps you keep those warm listeners engaged and more importantly, attract new cold audiences to your show. So these five content gatekeepers, number one, your cover art, number two, your podcast name, and this is a big one, number three, your show description, number four, your episode titles, and number five, your episode descriptions or show notes as we commonly call them. This is where we have to dial in the messaging for your podcast. We got to get that right so that those five steps on the listener journey can communicate unconsciously to that listener why your show is worth their time to listen over the other shows that are similar to yours. Why should they listen to yours over your competitor? And this is going to directly impact your show growth over the long term. Which brings me to the second thing that determines podcasting success, which is your show positioning. Because when you have the strong messaging foundation in place in order to attract new listeners, now we got to get your show in front of those listeners. The best way to do this is to get on the podcast charts. This is where the strategy piece does come into play. And if you've listened here before, then you've heard me talk about releasing episodes on the quietest day in your category as a piece of this strategy. But that's just one of the seven things that we look at when helping people be seen on the charts and in their listeners' podcast feed, because ultimately that's where you want to be. When someone opens up their podcast app and they're searching for podcasts like yours, you want to be the first one that pops up. Another thing that you want to pay close attention to here is your show category. And this goes for you too. If you're listening right now and you have an existing podcast, some categories are more crowded than others, making it harder to rank in those categories. Now, this is where people ask me, well, Courtney, which are the most crowded categories? Which one should I avoid? And there is no easy answer to that. We have compiled data over the past four years of working with clients and helping them launch their podcasts that we have an innate sense of which categories tend to be more crowded, meaning that there's more podcasts in that category. And so this helps us when we're working with students to give them a strategic advantage to say, okay, we recommend this category over this one, even though your show fits in both, here's the pros and cons of each. So it's very case by case. But at a high level, there are five things that Apple looks at whenever they are determining the charts. What drives the charts? Thing number one is whether or not someone's following your show, if they've hit that follow button. Number two is if they've clicked play and listened to your episodes. And not just listen to an episode, but listen to the whole episode and come back and listen to more than one episode. The next thing is downloads. Have they downloaded that episode? And then ratings and reviews. So following the show, 
listening to episodes, plural, downloading episodes, rating the show, which is the star rating, and leaving a review where they actually write a sentence and say how much they love your show. Of all of these five things, while they all bear certain weight within the Apple algorithm, the one that drives the charts the most or that has the most bearing on the charts is downloads. So if you want to be ranking consistently in your category, then you need to be the one who is consistently driving the downloads in your category. So again, there's seven elements that make up the launch and relaunch system that we teach inside of our program pod launch. But what I'm going to do here today is give you one thing to consider here, because while there's no way to see how many shows are in a given category, what you need to think about is which category is my listener most likely searching for shows like mine? And a good rule of thumb is to always avoid we call them parent categories, and opt for a subcategory when possible. If you go Google Apple Podcast categories, then you're going to pull up the list from podcast.apple.com of all the current show categories. And it's going to show you what the parent category is and then the subcategories that fit underneath that. So instead of choosing the parent category, you'll want to choose a subcategory because the subcategory is going to be a subsection of that parent category. Even then, though, some subcategories are going to be more crowded, which is why our team actively collects this data from all of our client launches and we aggregate it so we can help our students figure out which category is the most advantageous for them to launch in because it's different for every podcast. But this is just looking at a couple of angles for positioning. We can take that even deeper. And what we want to look at here, and this is something that you can easily start to do your own research on, is how does my show stand out against others in my category? Now, this circles back to messaging to some degree, but more specifically, I want you to ask yourself, what content gap does my podcast fill? What content gap do I fill with my thought leadership and expertise? Look, there's a lot of podcasts on podcasting. But there's only one that I know of that talks about how to tap into the science of human behavior and psychology to grow a successful podcast. So the third and final piece here is early momentum. This is so key. Because yes, theoretically, every podcast starts at zero downloads. And this is the typical trajectory for most people. They hit publish on an episode. We all start at zero. And then, okay, maybe 10 downloads later, 50 downloads later, 100 downloads later. And we kind of just put, put, put along until we either give up because we're not growing as quickly as we want to, or stay in the game because we've been told, well, just be consistent and give it time. But if everyone starts on the same playing field, then what makes some podcasts grow faster than others? What sets them apart? Well, I will say that goes back to messaging and positioning, but what if you didn't have to start from zero? What if when you launched your podcast or relaunched your podcast, you are starting from zero downloads, you could essentially bump up your early momentum and therefore grow from a trajectory that's above where most people start. This is what I mean when I say launching a podcast. You've probably heard me talk about that before. And when I say launching, I'm not just talking about finding time on your calendar to record an episode and hitting the publish button. Because think of it this way. If you were to write a book and you wanted that book to be a bestseller, you would not spend a year or more writing that thing 
only to hit publish on Amazon and cross your fingers and tell no one in hopes that it hits the top of the bestsellers list. No, you'd be out there telling anyone and everyone who would listen about your book. You'd be doing marketing campaigns for it. You might even put money behind ad spend to promote that book. You would have an intentional launch campaign to launch that book so that it could have success from day one. So tell me, why do people not do this with their podcasts? It makes absolutely no sense to me. If you want to have early momentum with your podcast, and now that you know early momentum is very key to your long-term growth, you've got to launch your podcast. And the beauty is if you never did launch your podcast and you have an existing podcast, you can relaunch it. You can get this same momentum for your show. You know, most people hit publish and they spend that first week refreshing their analytics dashboard, watching their downloads creep from like 10. Okay, it's 11 now. Oh, 12. This is painful. I've spent so much time on this thing. And I don't want that for you. So launching your show helps you manipulate in a good way the momentum, especially the early momentum of your podcast. And if you're listening to my voice right now and you're like, okay, this is making sense. I've never thought about it this way before, but now what? Now, how do I take what you're telling me here, Courtney, and actually apply it to my show? And I want you to keep listening till the very end of this episode, because if we've got an upcoming workshop coming up, you're going to hear about it at the end of this episode and you need to be there because in this workshop, I'm going to take you even deeper through the three ingredients of a top 100 podcast and how to actually apply what we're talking about inside of this episode to your show or to the podcast that you're planning to launch. Because as you've learned today, it's not about the right time or the best time or a better time to launch it. It's about knowing what levers you need to pull to make sure that your show can get the attention that your show deserves. So if you want to learn more about how to do that, then keep listening till the very end and make sure you go and save your seat for the next upcoming workshop with me, because we're going to dive deep into that. And in the meantime, come with me to the next episode, because we're going to be talking about how to start speaking the language of your ideal listener so that you can attract more of them to your show, specifically those people who don't yet know your podcast exists, but who absolutely need what you have to offer. So head on over with me to the next episode and let's make your business binge worthy.